Are you willing to have the mindset and the discipline to make the hard choices? Render My Money 2021 Session 6. So just a little housekeeping. We're going to identify top three students that was in this series. And the way we're going to identify those students is we're going to identify them by what they've implemented in the principles that have been taught. So as you all remember, just a recap, the first thing we talked about was understanding God's vision for financial wealth, God's vision of wealth. And the second thing we did after that, we established that we had to have a financial vision. And we know what that vision is, right? It's our why. It's why we're doing it. And then we're going to have a mission attached to that. It's going to tell how we're going to do it. The vision is why and what you're going to do. The mission is how you're going to do it. Those are our goals. And then we talked about a budget. And you should establish a budget in March. That's when we implement the budget. So from March, you should have had a budget in March, April, May. Each time, each month, going back to that budget, looking over it, making adjustments, and making sure you're following. After we did the budget, we did a financial statement. Financial statement is a measurement of our assets and liabilities. And we're going to talk about why that's important. Because that's important because as you earn income, as you work, there are two things you should be doing. One is you should be making sure that you keep your name very clear and that you're paying all your debts. But aside from that, you should be paying yourself. Now, how do we say we pay ourselves? By saving money, right? But also we pay ourselves by building assets. Now, what is an asset? An asset is anything that of value that can be turned into cash. Now, an asset can be your workability, right? We talked about that. An asset can be stock. An asset can be a car. But you have two types of assets, right? We have those that appreciate and those that depreciate. Your financial statement will show you which asset you're buying. Or are you not even thinking about assets? And when you're not thinking about assets, you will buy things like you may be a, a lifelong renter. So you're not building an asset in a home. A home is one of those assets that normally would appreciate, right? But while you're in it, paying the mortgage is somewhat of a liability because you're paying for it. But these are the things you should have implemented. So after you did your budget and you did your financial statement, each month you should have made sure that in your budget, you were in those budget guidelines, making sure that you were not overpaying for your home. When we say your home should be 25, max 30% of your income. But we like 25. Car, and are you willing to have the mindset and the discipline to make the hard choices. So as you looked at the videos and as we talked about what is wealth and how the average millionaires made, one thing we realized is that it's built through a consistency of diligent work ethic and doing a specific goal of making sure you manage your money. Stewardship, diligent, it's over time. And when you do it over time, it doesn't require the large savings. It doesn't require, you can do it with a little You know, it's almost like, you know, when we talk about even working out, we hear Pastor talk about his vision of living to 116, and he has things he does every day. God gives him, and they're not really big things. Now, they're big if you think about, you know, if you had to do it. But for him, they're not humongous things. But they are things that require diligence and discipline, you know? Before he had the vision, he used to run anyway. He was a runner. He used to swim, right? But when you have to do something, it's more important that you make up your mind to stick to that and do it each and every day. When you look at Kobe Bryant, great basketball players, athletes that are super basketball players, they have a very strong discipline in their work ethic. They talk about how Kobe worked. He was not great because he was just talented. All the players in the NBA are talented. To make it to the NBA, you've been the best 
at wherever you grew up. If you track back when they was in high school, they were the best player in the state. They were the best. But what's the difference is, is that what do you do as far as honing those skills and being diligent and disciplined to work at it every day? And that's the mindset that this class should teach you because you never know how your blessing is going to come. But I know that the Bible says God rewards the diligent. And so these are the things I want you to make sure you've done before you say I want to be the top student. Because we're going to ask a series of questions and then I'm going to do some interviews and then we're going to have you send in your performance. It's called proof of performance. Y'all heard that before? <laughs> I know everybody in church, nobody's going to lie, yeah? but I'm just saying. I operate under the guidelines that no matter how you get your blessing, we've all been blessed. No matter how you count your blessings, we've all been blessed. There are a lot of people who would love to be sitting in this room today after a pandemic. So count yourself as blessed. And when you think about your lifetime, right, in your lifetime, Everybody, when we did a study about saving $100 a month, and it came down to about $3 a day, everybody said, man, I had $3 a day to save, right? I don't think anybody in there raised their hands that it was never a point in my life I could not save $3 a day. And had you done it at 20, at 30, you'd be a millionaire now. So what do I do now? The first thing I do now is I start from where I am. And I start, and that's what I want everybody to do. Don't get bombed out because now you're 50 and you're starting at, at zero. Just start where you are. God rewards the diligent. And the universe is set up where what you put out will come back. And when you start putting out good stewardship, the Bible says, he that is fruitful over the least, I'll make rule over what? Huh? Who causes increase? Who causes increase? Who said that? There we go. The Lord. You can plant a seed. That's your work. But that doesn't make it grow. God makes it grow. God gives the increase. So in this class, my hope was is that the attitudes would be changed in the people to now start and look at where they are and do the best at what they have and where they are. Not being complacent. You're content, but not complacent. Using your talents to the most while you're on this earth. Finding ways to increase your income if you're at a place where you're basically not overspending. You know, if you're making, if you're making a certain amount, there's a, that's a poverty line. That means you're making the least amount of money where you're expected to be poor. That's the poverty line. So if you're making a low amount of money, you have to find ways to affect the equation on both sides. Not just expenses, you also got to look at the income. You know what I'm saying? So my point is that the attitude must change and you must pray, you must work. And I know a lot of people say, well, shoot, if I had all the answers, I would have done it. If I knew what to do, I would do it. Just get out and start. Just start somewhere. Start with anything that you're good that you can turn into money. Right now, we see everything in our world changing. If you come down by the stadium there, you see progress. You see things changing. You see a neighborhood being transformed right before your eyes. Everybody see that, right? There's opportunity. There's opportunity in things that people are doing that. I know a lot of young people are doing this thing called DoorDash. And I, I was shocked at the money. We have the shared driving tax Uber. I was shocked at the money. You know, it's not like you have to go and get a job now. We're in a shared economy, and you can find ways to earn money. The point is, where is your focus and where is your energy going to be placed? What are you going to do? So to be the top student, the bottom line is, we want to know in the Render My Money class, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? The information is not the wisdom. The information is not the wisdom. The wisdom is the information in action. Okay? So today, after you've done all that, we talked about investing. So again, that's going to be a part of the top students. You have to have either started or you are investing. 
We talked about having, what, an emergency fund. Everybody's supposed to have $1,000. And you should have a plan to be on your way to get three to six months. See, the consumption attitude is what keeps us poor. And it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not by coincidence. It's by design. It's by design. They have now even now marketing how people can transform their bodies to look a certain way. And people, it's a product. You know, I was reading an article, and I heard a person speaking, and he was talking about the family of the Kardashians. They had an analysis on how it started with Kim, and they marketed a manufactured look that you could purchase. And they went from Kim to a sister and said, she's looking just like Kim. Another one, and then when you look at all the Instagram girls, they look just like the Kardashians. So you think Kim is making all this money because she has something new. No, Kim was a marketing concept that has the industry behind her. Do you know how much money they're making off body augmentation right now? You don't even have to be a great surgeon. So my point is, you have to get out of the mind of consumption and become a steward over what God has blessed you with. And that is the goal, and that's going to be the top students. That's my housekeeping. <laughs> so today, we're talking about the last part of when you budget your money, when you start investing your money, you're building assets. Now what do you need to do? You need to have preservation. You got to preserve your assets. And how do you preserve something? How do you, in your daily walk, preserve something you care about? You have a newborn baby. How do you preserve the safety of that newborn baby? What do you do in your house with plugs, with outlets? What do you do? You got a toddler. What do you do? You are minimizing risk. So how do we minimize risk in our finances? Huh? Somebody say recycle. Well, that's one thing. But how do you minimize the risk of your car being stolen? You buy insurance, man. <laughs> if your car gets stolen, you got insurance. Huh? That's not going to minimize somebody stealing it. Okay, okay. Well, my point is, anytime you want to minimize risk in your finances, it's called insurance. You know, people think the biggest thing that causes you to go bankrupt is, you know, some people say it's divorce. Some people, that may be a hit. Some people say it's going into business. But the biggest thing right now is illness. A lot of people get to the point where they get to retirement and they have their nest egg saved up. You know, they got seven, $800,000 saved up. Everything's planned. And somebody get Alzheimer's. It's going to cost you eighty dollars to $100,000 to have assistant living in a nursing home. If you have assets, and then people think, well, I can go to Medicaid. Well, no, that's not how it works. In order to go to Medicaid, they take all of your assets. Your home, you can't have anything worth more than, I think it's $8,000 in value. Private now, I think it's 11000 so I think it's like your house, so you can't have a house in your name. And people thought they can switch the house and give it to their kids. No, they go back 10 years now. So you have to have insurance, and insurance is not for investments. We taught that in this class, right? Y'all remember that? So we're going to talk about preservation, and we're going to talk about insurance. And this is good for people who are newlyweds, just getting married. All these things are important because it allows you to be protected. In the case something happens, you minimizing risk of losing anything you've set up or even your opportunity because you have a young family, and the bread when it gets somehow taken away from here, now, the wife is sitting there, or whoever is not the breadwinner, and they got to figure out how to carry on. I used to tell my wife, because my first lesson was understanding how important that was. I made most of the money in my household, and so my wife, they say you get 10 times your amount that you earn every year. So I was earning six figures, so I had to get a million dollars. And I was like, I was like, man, I don't think he's going to cry at my funeral. <laughs> I was like, I was like, <laughs> 
But as an obligation to your family, that's what you want to do. And that's one of the things that we find over and over. People don't even have assurance to bury themselves. And it's not because you can't afford it. You just have to do it at the right time. Right now, you're going to see this video. We're going to play the video. It's going to talk about insurance. Then we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk to all of the top students, and we're going to do a recap. I know some people had questions. I'm going to talk a little bit about questions, but this is very important. And I want you to really listen to this, and I want you to take heed, because all the insurance they're talking about, they're going to go over in this video, deals with everything you need to have covered, from long-term care to your health insurance to even your renter's insurance. Okay? So we're going to play the video. And I'll be right back. The next insurance is long-term care. Now, long-term care is insurance that if you're 60 years old, you need to have long-term care because it doesn't benefit you to start early with that because it's not like it builds up. You only need it when you're going to actually probably, you know, if you've lived past 40, what statistics shows, you got a good chance of making it to about 80 years old. So you buy long-term care. And if you have any issues, you're protected from a standpoint of going into a nursing home or having the need of somebody to come in your house like the services my company provides, because that is super expensive. And it won't eat up all of your retirement, all of your nest egg. And we see the importance of being healthy, but some things you can't predict. It will minimize that risk. You understand? Now, another insurance that everybody should also have is on your property. Now, right now, if you're renting, a lot of times people feel like, and sometimes it used to, not now, that the landlord would cover your property if there's a fire or something. But we've seen on the news now, families being losing everything, and renter's insurance is probably $15 a month, okay? Now, if you own a home, there's a different kind of insurance you need to also get. Now, you need to have on your home insurance cover of at least a million dollars because if a person today in this litigious environment we're living, if a person has a $100,000 claim, they may come after you for a million. And one of the things that sometimes we do is we may underinsure by getting an automobile insurance of a $500,000 cap on liability. But the problem is if you don't have $500,000, the insurance company is only going to go up another 50%, which means you have about, you know, if you have $250,000, like the bottom on your car, it go up another 50%, which is $125,000, which is another $300,000 you have covered. But if somebody sues you because you caused an accident or something happens, then what can actually happen is, is that they will go into your assets. And these are risks that will wipe out all the hard work you've done. You understand? So your home, your car needs to be at least a half a million dollars and up. Now, there's an umbrella policy that a lot of people get when you've had your retirement for 30 years and then you have close to a million dollars in your retirement. You get an umbrella policy. And you can get an umbrella policy for a million dollars. And what that does, if you got $500,000 in comprehensive liability insurance, that umbrella policy will give you another $500,000 and take you up to a million. So if you get sued, you're not going into your retirement to pay for it. Everybody understand? So we know that insurance is a key to us not having our assets taken away from us because of some uncertainty. But the only thing we do know is uncertainties will happen. We do know that. And we can't predict it. So what we want to understand is that in the event that you are following our principles and you have gotten all your ducks lined up, you have your retirement going, you got your savings, you must be properly insured. Now, 
I don't recommend that anybody go out and purchase insurance on someone who's not a revenue generator. Meaning, if you have children, <laughs> you only want to get insurance to cover the death benefit. You don't want to put $25,000 or $100,000 on your child because it's cheap. That's not, <laughs> you know, I understand what's happening, but to me, that's not a good karma to put out there. When you're insuring people, those are people that a loss of income is going to affect you. Now, if you have an elderly parent and they are in a situation where they haven't bought insurance, and if they are sick, it's going to be extremely expensive. There's no way around it. You have to buy insurance at an age when you are healthy. Because what they do is, if you get a big policy, you're going to have to do a medical examination. If you get a policy, some policies are 50000 to 100000 there are no medical required. But age, age will be a factor. So the time to get insurance is to get your term life, and you can get them at different stages. You can get a 10-year, a 20-year, a 30-year. And maybe 40, but I haven't seen 40, but 30 years. And here's the deal. The insurance is not for you to have to death. The insurance is only to have while you're building your nest egg, I mean life insurance. If you are doing everything you're supposed to do with investing, by the time you're 30 and you took that same 150 and was investing, you will have enough cash where if you were to pass on, your family will be taken care of. Don't let people sell you a whole life policy or don't let people sell you insurance that you don't need because they make more commission off $150, $165 than they will off 13 So where can you go to purchase your insurance? There are all kinds of insurance sites online. If you're not proficient online, you have to go to an insurance broker. Do not go to an insurance person who only sells insurance for State Farm because you're not getting the whole universe. You want to go to somebody who's going to find you the best rate. You understand? But if you're married, you insure both you at 10 times your salaries. Or if you have a person who's a homemaker, you still have to make provision for the fact if something happens to that person, then you're going to have to find somebody to replace you. You're going to have to have somebody come and help take care of the kids. So if you're making 100000 I had a million dollars on myself, but I didn't buy a million dollar policy on my wife. She's making, you know, low 20s, 30000 So I had like a $200,000, $250,000 policy. You understand? Don't think about all the shows and things I look at where people see people buy insurance policies and try to off their spouses because they give them a hard time. You, you, have, to, you have to marry right. <laughs> but if you got children, that's your responsibility. It is your responsibility to make sure if anything happens to you, you don't leave a burden. And if you're starting a, a young family, you're just getting married, or if you're even a person who's been married for a few years, if you have not gotten insured, you have to go get insured because it's really a true way of showing that you love and care about your family. It's not, listen, you're in heaven, right? <laughs> if you're in heaven, you know, you're in a better place. I know everybody dying and they going to heaven. I, I was looking at it, you know, talking about everybody dying going to heaven. But, you know, some of these funerals, you knew the guy. You know? <laughs> but when it comes to insurance, that's how we minimize risk. We minimize risk by finding a way to, to make sure if the uncertainty happens, it doesn't destroy the work we put in. Now, sometimes people may feel, well, you know, I don't have anything that's of value because I haven't been doing something. I'm just starting. You at least want to have a policy to cover your funeral, at least cover your funeral. And that is out of respect of not leaving a burden to some other people. And that should be a part of your budget. But if you have a family, you have to do 10 times and sometimes 12 times. It depends on what type of lifestyle you've become accustomed to. 
And some people may need a lower amount. If your house is paid for and you don't have the need for cash, you don't have a house note, then you can maybe do eight times. But the bottom line is you must have insurance to handle the uncertainties of things happen. Okay? So those are the main areas of insurance the videos are going to talk about. Now, one thing that's important is that in all of this, in all of this, the most important is your health insurance and your life insurance if you have a family. Disability is important if you're the breadwinner and if something happens to you, it's going to push. If you get hurt, like, and you're in a high-risk job, you definitely, if you're a construction worker, you've got to have some type of disability. If you work in a warehouse, you've got to have some type of disability. If you are behind a desk, you know, don't go skiing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But understand as a part of financial responsibility and stewardship, that you should have the attitude of taking care of your family and taking care of your body because that's your asset. That's, that's one thing we're all doing right now. That's how we make our money. So those are the areas of insurance that we were going to talk about. Any questions? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So basically what she's saying is don't get sick. <laughs> but here's my point. Here's my point. What's even better is that when you buy your insurance, it must coincide with your investment plan. So if you and your wife are on a 30-year investment plan and you know that, hey, we're expecting to have $2 million at what we're doing right now, we're investing, you know, because the average millionaire, the millionaire everybody talks about that's really attainable, if you're not an athlete, you know, you ain't won a lottery or something like that, that millionaire is done over time. So what we've been teaching is for you to have a plan over time. So if you're... 30 years old, you need a 30-year term. Because one thing about the 30-year term, it's going to be set for those 30 years. Now, after the 30 years, just like she said, it's going to go up. And it shouldn't be a necessity then because you should have the assets to cover your debt. You don't need $250,000, $500,000 if you got $2 million in the bank. Now, if you want it, you can keep buying it. Because if you got $2 million in the bank, $200 is not that much for $250,000. But to me, the goal is not to need it. The goal is to be self-insured. Everybody understand? Now, another thing that's important. Any other questions first? Any other questions about insurance? What about car insurance? How many of you all have cars that are paid for? Okay, so you got cars paid for, right? Now, are you carrying just total collision or you got just liability? Now, at what point do you know if there's two things you can do with auto insurance to get your fees down to fit in your budget. One thing that's very, and this is in all insurance, is you can raise your deductible, right? So if you raise your deductible, if you're a safe driver and you raise your deductible, right now you may be at $200 and you raise it to 1000 you need to look at what the savings is and what that savings is over one year. So if you have a $250 and you are paying, you know, say, $300 or $200 a month, your insurance. And by raising to 1000 it comes down to $100 a month. That's a good deal because you would have saved that $1,000 over a year, right? 12 months, $1,200. Now, if it comes down $10, it doesn't make any sense. But you check that on everything. You even check it on your health insurance. If you're a fairly healthy person, there are ways you can fluctuate with your deductible as to how much you're paying because every insurance, you want to pay the right amount. Now, if you have issues and you have a situation where your budget is real tight, then you may have to have that low deductible. But if you haven't been to the doctor and you haven't been sick and you're 30 years old, for the next five years, you should have a high deductible. You understand? And always check, if I raise my deductible, what does my premium do? 
and always average that over one year. And you want to at least get a savings of 50% of your premiums, right? At least 50%, okay? Everybody understand what I'm saying? Any other questions? No other questions? How many people have life insurance? Okay, keep your hand up. How many people have kids they take care of? And you have life insurance too? Okay. All right, if you have kids you take care of, you got to go get insured today. Because that, that is what you want to make sure. If you have a spouse or you have kids, you need to be insured. You need to be insured. All right? Now, any other questions? Let's go to the recap. So, how many people are vying for the top award? We got anybody? We got one, two, three. Top three award. How many people are going for it? All right. Show of hands. All right. So everybody's going for it. First of all, let me ask you this. Put your hand up if you're going for the top award so I can keep your hand up. Just keep your hand up. Now, if you have a vision that's written down and you've looked at it at least once a week, keep your hand up. Okay? If you have a financial vision that's written down and you look at it once a week and you also have a mission statement that's been written down since August or a financial plan that you've been following every month, keep your hand up. Okay? All right? If your financial plan and you checked it and you've made adjustments in your lifestyle to change your situation, meaning if your financial plan, if you had a goal to save, if you sent me your mission and your goal was to save $5,000 by the end of the year, you did something in the area of change your income, your expenses to get in line with that. Okay? Keep your hands up. Because you have to send me all this. <laughs> all right? I just want to make sure how many people I got. If you made a personal budget and you've kept that budget every month and you've made adjustments and your budget is also in line with those budget guidelines that we passed out, keep your hand up. Okay? We still got four people? Five. All right? How often and when did you check your budget is going to be a question that you have to answer. Meaning, you should check your budget once a month. We also said when you should check it. Okay? So, okay? <laughs> Oh, well, okay. Uh, we're going to pass that now. <laughs> hey, you got to be ready to go when you... I covered everything. Now, did you save... Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. I mean, did you save the $1,000 emergency fund? Keep your hand up. Okay? Three people. Did you save the three to six months emergency fund? Three to six months. You're supposed to have three to six months expenses saved up. Okay? Did you... Are you investing in your 401k? You invest in your 401k? All right. Okay, so we talked about mutual funds. How many people we got hands up now? One. I ain't got to ask no more question on that. We got one person? Okay, I'll get with you after class and we'll talk about it. So who were the last two people who had their hands up? Hold on. Uh, no, it was me go back. Who was it? You saw it? Right in two? Okay, good, yeah. Okay, so, so I'm going to get those names, but... I'm going to have to follow everybody, and we're going to go through and do the proof of performance. The reason I wanted to do that was because all those things are the things you should have taken from this class, whether you were going for a star student award or not. You should have $1,000 saved up. It was something you're supposed to have done in a month, even if you had to cut grass, if you had to sell shoes, if you had to do whatever you got to do, you got to be able to raise $1,000, okay? The next thing is, I didn't get to that debt snowball, <laughs> but that was the next thing. After you get the $1,000, you got to start the debt snowball because debt is the number one thing that kills your opportunity to build wealth. 
All those interest payments you're paying on those credit cards is the interest payments that you should have going in your pocket. So everybody should have a mission to be debt-free. And that's why you do the $1,000 and then you do the debt snowball. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. So she said you can't raise $1,000 if you're paying off the debt. So somebody has been in the class. Let me hear the star student. Okay, you, you're paying off your debt and you need to save $1,000. What do you do? All right, there we go. Read again. What did you say? Okay, that's one. See, right, one says sell something. All right, now we're not selling nothing illegal now. We're in church. <laughs> All right, okay. Uber driver? Yes, that's right. And we talked about it. You can earn extra income. You have to find a way to earn extra income. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, you have to be relentless in your goal seeking. You know, it's, it has to be something you're passionate about. Just like this class, right? There was incentive given and people got here. I've had classes before, but I've never had a classes go like this because I'm telling you. I'm, I'm honest. I know this stuff is not sexy. It's almost like coming to a class hearing stuff that you don't want to do, but you're supposed to do it. What class can you go to that you don't want to do it, but you're supposed to do it, and you're happy to go there? I mean, we got out of church in an hour and 30 minutes. I remember when you stay in church three hours. Some people used to be upset about that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if you're going to heaven, that's all it's going to be, church all day. <laughs> hey, I'm telling the truth. Hey, I ain't no preacher. Right, right. My point is, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to take this serious. And you have to do what you can do. And you have to find a way. You have to find a way. And everybody's young, you got the advantage. If you're 20, 30 years old, 35, all you got to do now is start figuring out a way to save $200 a month. Right now, you say, hey, I thought I'd leave this class. I'm not going in debt. I'm not going to marry nobody in debt. And I'm going to save $200 a month. If you do those three things, that'll solve 90% of your problem. Say that again? Your oldie but goldies? Okay. Your oldie but goldies. Oldie but goldies. Is not oldie be goldies. Oldie but goldies. Listen, you are the person who's got to run harder and faster. No, listen, you got to start now. You run harder and faster. You can't do the same thing that you're at a different part stage of life. I can't do the things I did when I was 20. I don't play basketball. I know Charles still playing, but I don't play basketball because I'm like, I'm not going to do a move and make anything pop. <laughs> no, Achilles, nothing. So I run straight lines. I jog. I stay fit, but I'm not doing any cuts. So it's the same thing when you're oldie but goldie. What is it, oldie but goldie? You, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I don't, I don't like the oldie but goldie, but, but, but if you're in a different stage of life, you start where you are. Because if you can find a way to save $500, if you say $200, $100 a month, you still got $1,000 at the end of the year. You got $1,200 at the end of the year. And once you get that $1,200, it's just like working out. Once I started working out three times a week, when I went to four times a week, it wasn't that bad. But I had to make it three times a week first. I had to make it the first day and go the second day and the third day first. Then I had to continue to do three times a week. That's how you start. And then what I'm telling you all is that, listen, we've heard messages talk about miraculous things. Miraculous things, how God works. You heard, I mean, we hear Century System, and you hear about the products they came, how, like, you know, in the worst time of year, their sales going through the roof. God will cause the increase when you put the action behind it. 
And don't think you need to have a big windfall. Because I'm here to tell you all, <laughs> it ain't what you think is, is all cracked to be. If it was, everybody who had a windfall would be better off. All the athletes that come in the league and get $50 million, they would have $50 million when they retire. If you can't drive a tricycle, you're not going to drive a motorcycle. You can't drive a car. You can't drive a, well, you can't drive a plane, but you can't drive a, you know, truck. You got to start where you are, and you have to start by being diligent and doing what you can. Get the first $1,000 saved. There's no reason why. I mean, listen, for one month, for one month, I'm sure it's something you could have done if you sat down. If somebody said they couldn't do nothing to make $1,000 in 30 days, then I don't know what to say. Anybody disagree with that? Now, if you put yourself in a position where you're under a heavy, if you have dug a hole, right, and you got a lot of debt or something like you made a lot of bad choices, okay, right, but you got to start somewhere. The debt snowball says if you made a lot of mistakes, then you have to have a real hard cut. The cut that Dave Ramsey talk about is beans and rice. Anybody who's saving, who didn't save $1,000, do you eat out? No. You don't eat out, okay? Anybody who didn't save $1,000, do you have a cell phone? Hello? Yes, yes. All right, then. Yeah, there's your $1,000 right there. You don't need a cell phone. You don't need it. We didn't have a cell phone. Hey, listen, I was living before cell phones. I understand that. But my point is, if you can't make $1,000 in 30 days, you got to cut whatever you got to cut. Now, you get your $1,000, you get your cell phone back. But you can go 30 days without a cell phone. Right? Listen, I'm telling you, some people make excuses, some people get it done. And I'm going to tell you, I'm of the opinion, when you work for 25 years on straight commission, I'm of the opinion, you got to lean on God. Now, <laughs> I don't care what nobody say. If you work straight commission... It's almost like being back in the caveman days. If you don't kill, you don't eat. And you think of everything you can to get that sale beyond doing something unethical. You never go beyond losing your character and losing your, your, your walk with God. Because I'm telling you, you can't win that way. But if you're doing everything right, you're praying, you're living the right life, you're doing everything you know to do right, God going to bless you. I'm telling you, if you sacrifice, you can't be a Christian without sacrifice. We worship Jesus. Why? Sacrifice. So how are you going to be a Christian and you ain't going to sacrifice, but you worship your God and he sacrificed? So my point is that you have to have a determination that you don't care. All you know, if your priority is to get $1,000, you get it. Whether you got to babysit, whether you got to do whatever you got to do. Except, I hate saying that because some people go in a whole other direction. I'm talking morally and Christian values here. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I know it sounds hard. I know people think, well, hey, you know, you know, I don't know what people think, but I do know I was there. I do know that. And I remember it. And I haven't gotten to the point where I can't go back. That's one thing I refuse to do. I never want to get my attitude away from what I believe is true wealth. And true wealth is the ability to understand what, what you value most money would not buy. And let me say this, too. You also got to make sure that there's nothing in this world that you cannot do without. And right now, I can guarantee you, if I put 10 people up here, nine of them can't do without a cell phone. I can guarantee you that. I'm not saying anybody, but I just know how people are attached to their phones. I believe eight out of 10 can't do without social media. Okay, well, no, 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 that's a good point, that's a good point. No, 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 I'm gonna answer that. That's a good point. If you work through your phone, how successful are you? Okay, if you work through your phone, then you gotta look somewhere else. 
I'm not saying you, you wipe away your income. You understand? I'm not because <laughs> of cell phone. I'm saying if you're working through your phone, make sure you got the best plan. You know, make sure you're doing everything to be efficient with your cell phone. Make sure you're not wasting time in other areas of the phone. I don't know what kind of data plan you need, but make sure you got the right one. I'm not ever recommending a person lose their livelihood. I'm saying things that are not, that are emotional ties and not relevant to your finances when you're trying to reach a financial goal. Now, you got to feed your kids. You got to have a house. I'm not saying, hey, your kids walk around here with pneumonia. But they can wear a coat. I'm not saying don't feed your kids, but you don't have to eat out. You got to cook. You got to do a sack lunch. You know what's interesting? If we talk about oldie but goldies, I play golf with a group of guys who are a lot of, they're A-type guys, right? What I mean by that, they're all like well, high executives, but they're old. I like them because they have nothing to do and they love to do everything for this golf organization. So I don't have to do nothing. That's why I like them. I mean, you're in the meeting and they don't have nothing to do. So when there's a volunteer, 50 hands go up. Love that. Well-organized, well-organized. They use Robert's rules of organization in these meetings about green coats. Great organization. No problem with it. But I realized they had a banquet, right? And I was, when I first went to the banquet, I was really impressed because you can tell they've been doing this for a long time, but they're used to it. When it came to the entertainment, they didn't have a DJ. You know what they did? This this is not a Christian organization. They sang Christmas carols. I was shocked. That was the entertainment. And what it brought me back to was they had grown up in a time where they had to have a good time without spending money. I haven't been to anywhere in my lifetime where anybody in my age group sung Christmas carols at a banquet. We're going to hire somebody to sing. We're going to have some DJ or something. How many of y'all been to a, a banquet and they sang Christmas carols? Right. <laughs> my point is, is that I don't have all the answers, but you do. You have to look at your lifestyle and you have to make those decisions. The only thing I can tell you is that you have to preserve what you earn, and you do that by minimizing risk. You cannot get into a gambling state of mind with investing. Do not invest in things you don't understand. Do not invest in things that are not fundamental, unless you can lose the money. Now, you got $100 that you can lose, buy Bitcoin. Same way I would tell you, if you got $100 you can lose, buy 100 lottery tickets. But you know you're going to lose it. Don't buy no lottery ticket if you ain't got $100 in the bank. Don't buy a lottery ticket if you can't sell $1,000. Don't buy a lottery ticket if you're having trouble paying for your kids' food and you got trouble making your rent payment every month. It's what you can't afford. And you need to be where you have the minimum amount of risk. And what we have learned from investing is the long-term, high-quality things you understand. That's all it is. It's that simple. You understand Walmart, right? You done well investing in Walmart if that's all you knew 20 years ago. You would have done very well. So all I'm saying is that be deliberate and intentional on you reaching your goals with your finances. And now, the last thing I want to do is put the slide up for the certification. You're going down. That was the rule number one. You know, that's what Warren Buffett say. Rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. Go to the next slide. This is where you go to do your certification. Everybody write that down. You all were blessed. Now, let me ask you this. Raise your hand if you don't have $1,000. Raise your hand. Go ahead. It's all right. Okay. Now, did you make the qualifications for the class? Raise your hand if you made the qualifications. All right. Now, you just got, what's it, 700 Okay. You got $420. That should go towards your $1,000. Right? That puts you at 40% there. So you got 60%, $600 you can get. So there's no excuse for not having $1,000 in the next 90 days. Snap, how much you make on Uber? Tell me your weeks again. 
A day or a week? Okay, Snapper say you can do $150 a day. <laughs> uh huh. All right. Anybody got a car? <laughs> say that again. Ambulatory service. What is that? Okay, okay, okay. How many people you taking in your personal vehicle? How many people? One or two? Okay, okay. That's what I'm saying. How many people are interested in that? Anybody? Y'all talk to Snap out the class. Okay. All right, send me an email and I'll get it to Snapper. That's right. All right. No excuses now. No excuses now. No excuses now. Your car got to be what now? 2005 and up. Anybody got a car? That's with Uber. What about with uh, the ambulance serve? Okay, southeast, okay. So you don't have those requirements. You got to run. got to be reliable, though. Okay. Anybody got a vehicle that's running and need to make some money? I need y'all to see, send me your email. We're going to get this thing care of. Any other questions? So give me any feedback on the class. Okay, you got fantastic. Okay, that's good. Then. I'll stop right there. <laughs> okay, good. Right. Well, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Okay, so... I'll say this. What I was going to do was I was going to continue and finish the Dave Ramsey course starting in July, every Sunday. And in that course, we only have, I think, did I stop at three or four? I get four in? You remember? Okay. So that means I got about six more classes. I wanted to get that because I know some people pay $99 and I want to go ahead and get that done. But those classes, we've gone over some of those things. So if it's the same people, we can talk about investment. What I would say is, remember, before you invest, before you invest, what are you supposed to do? Debt. So what I want to do is I want to make sure we got people getting out of debt. Because once you get out of debt, it's going to free up for you to save more money. All right? And I want to make sure everybody's doing a debt snowball. So I want to focus on, this is what I want to focus on. I want to focus on getting where you are now at a point where you are only living off of 40% of your income. You can put 10 in church, 20 in investments, and another 10 in something else. No, but if you get to the point where you're at 40 or 50 percent of your, you live on half of what you make, then you're in a good place. But what I'm saying is most of our debt is on consumer goods or eating out. And we got to start cooking and we got to start eating better because you're going to look better. You don't have to go get the surgeries if you're eating and cooking for yourself. <laughs> you got a benefit. All right. So we're going to do the classes next year, but I will continue with the Dave Ramsey course. Now, if nobody shows up, then I'll do something else. But, but I am going to offer that because I don't want anybody who didn't, didn't get the full money's worth. Okay, I'll announce it before the first, but when's the fourth? I don't want to start on that. Is the fourth on the Sunday? Okay, so we'll start the week after the fourth of July. So that will be the week we start. Well, you know anybody here? You got my email, right? I email me and say, hey, I'm not a member, but I want to know when we're going to do the financial class. But it's going to be Sunday. Where I do it, I do it Sunday after church. So it's not going to be during the week. So it'll be like on Sunday. It's like an hour after church. So we got 1230, start at 12.45. Hmm? That's the Dave Ramsey. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, it could be downstairs. I haven't gotten that worked out yet because I don't know what's going on. But I could, it'll be in the church somewhere. <laughs> I can't make no promises. I ain't got that kind of clout. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be in sanctuary. You can't have that in sanctuary, boy. <laughs> I'm just, but we can be downstairs, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we had it upstairs before, so we might have, we might be here. I'm just want to make sure. I want to make sure they don't have any rehearsals and stuff like that.
Any other comments? Thank you. Oh, okay, you're welcome, you're welcome. Thank you, thank you. Huh? Well, let me say this, let me say this, let me say this. And I really believe in it because what it did for me when I first took a hold of my finances, I told a story that when I was in my 20s and most of my life, I worked at two like college, I had a job, and I was making money, good money back then, and I was not managing my money. But my mother was managing my money. And my mother would even balance my checkbook. I wouldn't even balance my checkbook at 25, 26. And I started making a lot of money. I made my big jump in income from age 23 to 24. And that jump was like double. I went from making like 25000 to almost $50,000. That's a lot of money back in 1988. So I doubled my income. And I remember I was with my boss, who was Mr. B, and we were in Washington, D.C. And that's when they just came out with cash machines. And so I was an honors French student in college. So this cash machine had the ability to do it in French because it's an international city. So I said, I'm going to do this in French. I'm going to get my money in French. And so he said, what? So he, he's like, he's teased me. But when I went to draw the money out, it was insufficient funds. <laughs> I'm like, what does that say? <laughs> And he was laughing, he laughed, you asked about right now, he laughed, he kept, he kept coming up because I kept, what's going on? But my point was, I made more money and I had blown it all and was not budgeting. And my mama sat me down and she's like, listen, you will never have money if you don't pay yourself. So still reluctant, but at age 30, I lost my mother, she died. So that was my safety net because in the back of my mind, my mom could put something in that covered if I needed to. But... That's when I was in a panic because I had a young family and I said I knew I was responsible. And so at that point, I decided I'm going to get a hold of my finances. And I went to this guy who's a banker and he gave me three mutual funds to invest in. And I was only doing $50 a month in three mutual funds. And I remember going through my life when my salary, because I was on straight commission, right? So on straight commission, you make money here, but you sometimes and sometimes it went down for like Half my salary one year. I make six figures one year, I make 50000 next year. But those mutual funds were there for me to tie me over. So I was never put out, never had my lights cut off. You understand what I'm saying? Never had to borrow money from people. So what I'm telling you is I've been in a situation where I've had my income interrupted from my expectations. But my savings saved me. And what it taught me when I got a lot of money was how to have the right mindset about stuff. You understand? Because I still tried to make money. I still did a lot of risky things. But what I never stopped doing, I never stopped saving my money. And I never stopped getting to the point where I overextended myself where I could not pay it. I was making $100,000. And when banks were giving out loans, they offered me a no-doc loan for investment. I was doing construction with a family member for a million dollars. No-doc. I mean, I, all I had to do was sign my name. They were going to give me a million dollars in construction loan. I had all these people telling me, Man, what are we going to make? And I was like, what if I don't? Can I pay it back? I said, no, I can't pay it back. So I ain't signing it. So I always had the understanding that a loan was something I had to pay back. That's why I hate debt. Some people think they ain't got to pay it back. Right now, you're going to see a lot of people going to jail because a lot of people got PPP loans, don't have businesses. Yeah, all right, I mean, and that $22,000, they're going to come get those folks. So I'm telling you, you have to have the right moral understanding to do what's right. And you have to do what you can where you are. Start now. Just get you $1,000 saved and then take it from there. And we're going to get you some ways to make some extra money. Snapper got some stuff going on there. I may start driving. I may start. 
Hey, it's you. Okay, well, I want to thank everybody. You know, it's been a pleasure. I hope you implement the things. If you have any questions, I hope you really, really take heed to get in control. And all the young people here, I just want to tell you all, hey, just start where you are and just do it a little bit. And let's talk in 10 years and see where you are. Because I'm telling you, it's going to make a difference in your life. The earlier you start, the better off you're going to be. And it won't require that much. So you got time on your side. All right, thank you. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was session six of the Render My Money 2021 series by Gerald Render. This message is number 4529. That's 4529 to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 4529 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word. Brothers of the word.